Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. You are looking at a live shot of Buckingham Palace. It is just after 2 a.m., but despite the early morning hour, there are still people coming and going, laying flowers and paying their respects after learning of the Queen's passing today. Good evening and thank you very much everyone for joining us. Queen Elizabeth was 96 years old, Britain's longest reigning monarch by far. An entire generation has known no other queen of England. There is of course a new monarch. Her son Prince Charles became king the moment his mother died. But tonight the world is remembering the remarkable reign of Elizabeth II. Jeff Semple has more. In an ever-changing world, she was a rock of stability. Queen Elizabeth II famously said she had to be seen to be believed. And over seven decades, with each passing milestone, thousands turned out to see Britain's oldest, longest reigning, and most beloved monarch. She's probably the most famous woman in the world, probably the most admired woman in the world. Her reign was as long as it was unexpected. Born Elizabeth Alexandra Mary on April 21st, 1926, she was still a child when her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated the throne. Suddenly, Elizabeth's father was king, and she was next in line. The young princess made this promise. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. That devotion to duty would be her hallmark. She was a teenager when Europe went to war and begged her father to let her help, first with her wartime radio broadcasts. Thousands of you in this country have had to leave your homes and be separated from your fathers and mothers. My sister Margaret Rose and I feel so much for you. And later, joining the services as a driver and mechanic, during the war, she had a chance encounter with her distant cousin, Philip. He was serving with the British Royal Navy in the Mediterranean and Pacific. They exchanged letters for seven years. As onto the famous balcony came the bride and bridegroom. The newlyweds never expected Princess Elizabeth was about to become queen. But when Elizabeth's father died from a heart attack, the 25-year-old was thrust onto the throne. Her coronation was one of the first televised public events. The young queen quickly showed a knack for protecting tradition while embracing change. I very much hope that this new medium will make my Christmas message more personal and direct. But the rise of technology also meant the world was shrinking, and so too was her empire. More than 25 countries declared independence during her reign, Others loosened their ties, like Canada, signing its constitution in 1982. Her reign spanned 14 British and 12 Canadian prime ministers, from Pierre Trudeau's famous pirouette 
to Canada's second Prime Minister Trudeau. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister of Canada, for making me feel so old. <laughs> Many credit the Queen's personal popularity for the monarchy's survival, but at times she struggled to hold the family together. Three of her children divorced. And after the death of Princess Diana in 1997, the Queen faced criticism for failing to join the public outpouring of grief. In February 2020, Diana's youngest son, Prince Harry, and his wife Meghan retired from royal duties, dealing a blow to the palace. And a couple of months later, the royal family lost another member. Prince Philip died peacefully at Windsor Castle at the age of 99. At his funeral, a scaled-down affair in the COVID-19 pandemic, the Queen sat alone in the pew, a widow after 73 years of marriage. But within days of her husband's death, Her Majesty was back to work, holding virtual royal audiences due to the pandemic, and as always, keeping calm and carrying on. One of the last times the family appeared all together was to mark her platinum jubilee, celebrating 70 years on the throne. And despite scandals surrounding some of her children, grandchildren, even the British Prime Minister, the Queen, as ever, seemed to rise above, making a surprise appearance on the balcony of Buckingham Palace. Her legacy will endure, but for a woman who steered the royal family through three quarters of a century, it's hard to imagine this place without her. And now we must all get used to saying King Charles III. He will address the nation yet, uh, tomorrow, but he released a written statement following the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth, today. And in it, he says, The death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the Commonwealth, and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the Queen was so widely held. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is in Vancouver this week, also paying tribute to Queen Elizabeth, saying Canada will remember her wisdom, compassion and warmth. In a complicated world. Her steady grace and resolve brought comfort and strength to us all. Canada is in mourning. She was one of my favorite people in the world, and I will miss her so. Queen Elizabeth visited British Columbia both during and before her reign more than a dozen times. The first time as a child with her parents. Sarah McDonald joins us live with more on that BC bond forged over decades. Sarah. That's right, Chris. Sophie, the Queen visited British Columbia in an official more than half a dozen times during her reign as monarch. This church in Vancouver was one of the first places she visited as a 25-year-old princess. As the bells tolled at Christ Church Cathedral in downtown Vancouver Thursday, 
96 times in honor of the Queen. Many were only just learning of her death. We're tolling the bell um, one time for every year of her life, so every minute on the minute. We're providing a place for people again to reflect, remember, to pray, to grieve. She was uh, really magnificent. I've always admired the Queen because she's someone who found her joy and meaning in steadfast service to others. Like so many landmarks and places across the province, a younger Elizabeth had once visited this place too in 1951 and left her mark. And here is the royal car and the fairy princess and her prince. The Queen's relationship to British Columbia and its people runs deep, making her first of seven official visits as a 25-year-old princess and young mother in the 1950s. She'd visit six more times in the half century to follow. Now everyone sees Princess Elizabeth, the mother, brimming with affection. Famously planting a tree in the park that would later be named in her honor. There's a park named uh, Queen Elizabeth. We should go there. That's why we're here. That's why Giovanni Borellis and his family felt compelled to come to Queen Elizabeth Park as news of her death broke. She was a good queen for her country and for Canada. Others just hearing it there for the first time. We didn't know. We didn't know. Wow. We lost something like really big, big. British Columbia has given us one of her typical welcomes. For so many British Columbians, the Queen was a constant and steadfast symbol of the Commonwealth, attending the Commonwealth Games in Victoria in 1994 and returning for what would be her last visit in 2002. The then 76-year-old monarch dropping the puck at an NHL preseason game and spotted in a rare unaccompanied outing in the garden of Government House. There she is. Do you go? That's her and Yeah. Sylvia Main, whose family owns the neighboring bed and breakfast, captured that now famous footage. And it was so lovely, you know, and we were like screaming, the Queen is next door with Prince Philip. As a woman leading a country, incredibly impressive. Vicky McNamara is among the hundreds of thousands of Brits now living in Canada. For her and so many others, the death of the world's longest serving monarch, it's harder than expected. You just for some reason have it deeply within you that she's she was immortal and you know she that nothing's ever bad's going to happen to the queen but yeah it inevitably it it grounds you because it's going to happen to us all and perhaps for that reason, a lot of people who we spoke with across the province today said they were surprised at the level of emotion they felt, just like Vicky, upon hearing about the death of the Queen. Now, this church in Vancouver, along with so many other institutions right across the province, says its doors will be open in the days to come to people of all faiths, of all ages, who wish to come and say a prayer or pay their respects to the Queen. Chris-Sophie. All right, thanks for that, Sarah. Sarah McDonald at Christ Church Cathedral. Keith Baldry joins us now with more on the Queen's visits to BC and uh, one of those, that memorable moment in Sarah's mm -hmm. story there. Uh, you were there for that moment, Keith, and for that visit. Yeah, I've covered a number of royal visits. The crowds are always huge, but that particular moment stays with me. So the, the idea was to go up to the Fairhome B&B right next to Government House, the Queen and Prince Philip staying in Government House, and do a story on Sylvie and Ross, friends who own that, on their daughters, what it was like to, for two little girls to live next to the Queen for a few days. And lo and behold, we got exclusive footage, Elko and our cameraman, just shooting over the fence. I said, let's get some shots of the grounds of Government House. And what do you know, looking decidedly unroyal was 
with Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth just walking around, examining the gardens, inspecting the gardens, and behaving uh, basically like a regular couple of people. This, this particular footage went viral. It got a ton of attention. It remained on the uh, Fairholmes website, I believe, for a long time. And again, it just showed them having a normal time, decidedly out of the public eye, and just behaving like a regular folks. And I think that's part of the endearing quality of Queen Elizabeth. She really connected with people, I can tell you, again, covering her visits, struck by the enormous crowds that she attracted. Here at the legislature, for example, on this particular visit, tens of thousands of people on the front lawn, all of them just trying to get a picture mm -hmm. uh, of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. The, the heartfeltness of the public was on display whenever yeah. she came to BC. It was nice that they could have uh, that moment together to as you say, mm -hmm. just be normal. Uh, all right, Keith, uh, the province is now in a sort of a, a blackout of sorts as far as government announcements mm -hmm. go. Yeah, so there's a basically a game plan that's been on the shelf for years so what to do when the Queen passes away or when a monarch passes away. And sure enough, uh, the Buckingham Palace has some rules. So governments are now in a state of mourning for nine more days after today, and that means no official pronouncements from ministers or the Premier and such. Only statutory requirements in healthcare things can be announced. The government basically goes dark for a period of mourning for about nine more days. And the protocol office, by the way, just issued this pin here. This is the BC pin with a black uh, ribbon attached to it for a morning pin, basically, on behalf of the B.C. government. Thanks for that. Keith Baldry in Victoria. All right, our coverage of the death of Queen Elizabeth will continue, but first, the beginning of a community tragedy caught on camera. No one was killed, but these three suspects are wanted for deliberately setting a fire that destroyed a church and leaves a major hole in the community. The congregation praying for a break in the case next on the news hour. It's ten dollars to sign up, but it's really nothing if you think about how much your vote will matter in this race. An Instagram live that could have a big impact on the NDP leadership race. Why the party is now investigating later on the news hour. So you're literally taking back the streets. Yes, little by little. Plus citizens on patrol in San Francisco's Chinatown how residents there are taking matters into their own hands later. Right now, though, Vancouver police are releasing video of the suspects in a downtown Eastside arson that destroyed a church and placed dozens of lives at risk. The congregation must now find a new location, and as Kamal Kuramali reports, advocates say this is a huge loss to the community. What you're watching here is the suspected starting of a fire that would eventually ravage an entire neighborhood. Three people appear to be deliberately fueling the flames just off East Hastings Street in the downtown east side. The orange flicker growing steadily on the evening of July 6th, it spread until it eventually consumed a community church and a neighboring convenience store, also displacing residents of this single-room occupancy building. These suspects had knowledge that this was now an arson and would have had time to either put it out or call for help. So their failure to do either, either of that put uh, a lot of people in danger. Also the church services were upstairs. Two months later, lead pastor Christina Dawson still aches to pray at the church where her heart belonged. It had been standing for nearly three decades. It makes me feel very uh, 
The church had held an evening prayer service an hour before the fire began. Now the place gutted. Makes me feel like a, a real attack on the church. Now Vancouver police say both the church and the business next door are no longer salvageable. We don't have very many places for people to feel welcome on this two-block radius. There's not a lot of places open for people, so the street church was really important to the community. Police say the investigation has now hit a snag. Now we're at the point of the investigation where uh, we do need the public's help. So if anybody does recognize these three people, uh, to call our, our investigators immediately. While residents of the neighboring SRO were able to return, Pastor Dawson is still searching for a new location for her church. Really hoping that justice will be done and things will get uh, taken care of. And a prayer that the suspects will come forward so she and others here can find peace. Kamal Kuramali, Global News. Just ahead, continuing coverage of the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Her presence touched many generations of Canadian families. The tributes and condolences pouring in, including from BC's Lieutenant Governor. And the beginning of a new era for King Charles III. What's next in the transition to a new monarch? It's very sad. I think that she's done a great job for the monarchy. She's had a very tough life from what we have uh, been told and what we've seen. I, I thought she was a very graceful woman. A lot of the things she did, the British people loved her a lot. Something that we've been expecting, but obviously it's still a shock when it happens. Plenty of emergency crews on scene to this overturned truck and trailer in Delta. Southbound Highway 99 at the 17A on-ramp. Traffic is down to just a single lane south and backed up through Richmond into Vancouver. Through a charitable partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermac Collision and Autoglass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm sure she was sending Global One high above a tipped over semi in Delta. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Well, known for her wicked sense of humor, you have to think this is something the Queen would get a kick out of. A majestic sight appearing in the skies just above Buckingham Palace this morning. A double rainbow hung over well-wishers just before news of the Queen's passing broke. Royal watchers also spotted a rainbow above Windsor Castle. A beautiful sight on an otherwise grey and sorrowful day. Well, BC's Lieutenant Governor addressed the death of the Queen a short time ago. Janet Austin also signing a book of condolences beside a picture of Her Majesty draped with a black ribbon. She says the Queen's presence touched many generations of Canadians. 
Austin noted Queen Elizabeth visited Canada 22 times, more than any other country during her reign. The passing of our Queen represents the end of an era defined by its longevity, by her example of service and self-sacrifice, and by the kindness and consideration she always showed to everyone. The impact of Her Majesty's reign cannot be overstated, and I know that I am joined by all of you in the deep sadness I feel on the occasion of her passing. Yeah, you could really hear the emotion in her, in her voice. As the world mourns the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, a monumental effort is already underway behind the scenes to acknowledge her legacy and transition to a new monarch. In the coming days, she will be honoured by people around the globe. Europe Bureau Chief Crystal Gamansing outlines how the next few days will unfold. Grand and tasteful, those are the words to describe Operation London Bridge. The plans to honour the Queen were established long ago and they will be fulfilled with skillful precision. Buckingham Palace will be the first location of significance. It's here inside the throne room where Her Majesty's coffin will first rest. It is a dramatic space often used for balls, investitures and photographs. It's going to be very difficult uh, to think of the royal family without the Queen. Phil Dampier spent years covering the Queen as a royal correspondent. It's going to be very difficult to sing God Save the King instead of God Save the Queen. It's going to be very difficult to look at your stamps without her head on it. It's just going to be, it is going to be really weird from now on. The transition of the throne to King Charles will be immediate. He will undergo some official duties, including a tour of the United Kingdom. But the focus of those in the UK and around the world will be on memorializing Queen Elizabeth. Unlike Prince Philip's funeral service during the pandemic, the public will be involved. I think uh, the uh, former United Nations General Secretary, Ban Ki-moon, he once referred to her as an anchor for our age, and I think that's what she was. She was an anchor uh, and some, something that people could turn to as, uh, as, a, as a stable force when other things were going wrong. That stability over many decades is one of the reasons that millions are expected to make their way to Westminster Hall. The Queen's coffin will be lying in state in the middle of the room on a raised platform guarded around the clock. The hall in the Houses of Parliament has been used to honour sovereigns and leaders going back to 1898. It will provide people with an intimate place to say goodbye to a woman who pledged her devotion to the people of the Commonwealth back on her 21st birthday. I declare before you all that my whole life whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. That speech was just one that stood out for Dickie Arbiter, a former royal spokesperson. I will remember her as somebody who devoted herself to duty. If you look at the week that uh, Diana died and the lead up to the funeral, it's the first time in her life that the Queen put family above duty. It's always been duty. Her dedication to the crown will be highlighted in services around the world. But England is where Commonwealth leaders, special guests and royal watchers will come together to mourn. Ten days after her passing, the Queen's coffin will be driven through the streets of London. There will be bands and military guards. People of all ages will line the route. The funeral service will be held at Westminster Abbey, the location where her reign began. On June 2nd, 1953, it was the site of Queen Elizabeth's coronation. 
17 British monarchs are buried at Westminster Abbey, but it's not where the Queen will be laid to rest. She's taken to Windsor, which is where her parents are buried in the crypts at St George's Chapel. Reunited with Prince Philip in the famous chapel on the grounds of Windsor Castle, the final resting place for a historic monarch. Crystal Gamanson, Global News, London. Coming up, when going to class comes with risks. It, it makes me sick to send my son to school, knowing that he's not safe there. Parents on edge after a surprising advisory from their school. Also, a scandalous proposal that could upend the NDP leadership race. Why the party is investigating this video featuring candidate Anjali Apatarai and how she explains it. Very deeply sad from inside and the family and the country what they lost. Seems like kind of the end of an era, I guess. She's been around for such a long time. It's kind of impressive. She was part of our life. <laughs> a yeah. big part. Seeing some pretty major delays this evening. Southbound on Highway 99 through Richmond because of that flipped over truck and trailer. South of the tunnel on Highway 99 at Highway 17A. Traffic is backed up through Richmond into South Vancouver on the approach. Continue to avoid it. If you're just leaving now, head over to the Alex Fraser instead. Through Kermac Cares for Kids, expert repair for your vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. When you choose Kermac, you choose to support BC Children's Hospital. Kermac Cares for Kids. I'm Tristy Wisson in Global One. A B.C. NDP leadership candidate is being accused of breaking election rules. It stems from an online appearance by Angelia Paterai that's now under investigation by the party. Richard Zisman has the details. A final pitch in an attempt to sell memberships. It's a $10 minimum donation to join. Hours before Sunday's deadline to join the B.C. NDP, in order to vote in the leadership race, candidate Angelia Paterai speaking directly to supporters. Then this from her friend, Atia Jafar. It's a handful of people that get to decide who our yeah. next premier is. Message me yeah. if you need the $10 because I'm happy to provide that for you. It is those comments that now have the BC NDP investigating. Paying for memberships for someone else is against the law, a breach of the Election Act. Apadurai says it was a mistake and no free memberships were provided. And during that call, uh, my friend uh, misspoke. Um, she wasn't familiar with the election rules, and so she said something about offering to provide um, the $10 membership fee, which which is um, against the, the Elections Act. Abadurai is the only person challenging David Eby in an attempt to become B.C.'s next premier. The concerns have not yet been passed on to Elections B.C. You know, in a perfect world, I would have caught that mistake live and made a correction on the spot, but instead we corrected after the fact. One of Apadurai or Eby will eventually be sworn in as premier here at Government House. Eby issuing a statement about these allegations, calling them serious, and says he's confident the BC NDP will investigate if needed. One political scientist says that they could profoundly impact the leadership race. It's kind of the reputational hit that this uh, provides. Uh, I mean, it may end up in disqualifying somebody uh, eventually from from uh, contesting uh, the leadership. But at the, at the same time, you know, it's the kind of thing that you can bring back. The BC NDP is waiting for more information from Abadurai before making a determination if they will indeed provide the information to Elections BC for further investigation. Richard Zosman, Global News, Victoria. 
Families and indigenous leaders from James Smith Cree Nation are opening up about the fatal knife attacks that shocked the world. And as they continue to mourn, they're hoping for change to prevent similar events from happening in the future. Global's Kyle Benning has more. I'm trying to hold myself together with the words that, that need to come out. Chief Wally Burns is still trying to come to terms with the tragedy that took place in his community. The leader of James Smith Cree Nation speaking to the media for the first time since Sunday's attack left nine people in the community dead with another 18 injured. The impacted family is now trying to direct their pain towards positive change. Because in two weeks' time, the cameras are going to be shut off. The politicians are going to go home. And what's going to happen to us? The call is for reserve police forces to improve public safety to prevent similar tragedies in Indigenous communities across the region. The head of the RCMP says it's something that is being discussed. Working together towards solutions. We're increasing our Indigenous recruitment so that we can provide that structure, so that we can work together for a self-governed police service. Some of the larger details around the four-day manhunt for Miles Sanderson will be limited after his death. RCMP say Sanderson went into medical distress after he was arrested. Multiple law enforcement sources have called it self-inflicted injuries, but the RCMP didn't confirm this. A Dalhousie University law professor says Sanderson's death leaves a lot of unanswered questions. It's difficult to see how there can be a full examination of um, all of the events and the things that led to them without a proper public inquiry. The Saskatoon Police Service and Saskatchewan Serious Incident Response Team will investigate Sanderson's death. A timeline for that investigation has not been determined. Kyle Benning, Global News. Well, like Vancouver, San Francisco's Chinatown saw an explosion of anti-Asian hate during the pandemic. But grassroots groups fought back against the attacks, empowering Asian Americans to stand up for their community. Kristen Robinson visited the city to learn more about their strategy. Hello, hello, what's up? By day, Ebert Kahn deals in automotive parts. Let's take a look. But after hours, everything good. He shifts to defending Chinatown. Homa, homa. Chinatown, for me, you know, has a special place in my heart. I grew up here. Yeah. Khan moved to act after an elderly man was violently pushed to the ground in a deadly daylight attack. That kind of set me off. The 84 year old grandfather, one of the shocking statistics. San Francisco saw a 567% spike in hate crimes reported against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders during the pandemic, from nine victims in 2020 to 60 in 2021. Hello, everything okay? The United Peace Collaborative responded with patrols seven days a week to ensure the safety of elders, women and children. In the year and seven months that I've been doing this now, all the attacks have stopped in Chinatown. So you're literally taking back the streets? Yes, little by little. The UPS mission goes beyond the ground. Volunteers hitting rooftops in what is sometimes an extreme makeover to rid Chinatown of graffiti. Chinatown will not survive unless we can ensure that this is a place that's safe. Lily Ho's nonprofit organized rallies and town halls against anti-Asian hate. The Delta Chinatown Initiative also installed surveillance cameras in laneways and along Grant Avenue. This is our community. It's not something that I feel comfortable not doing something about. As a Chinese here, we get the blame because 
people think the virus is from China. It was unnerving to come down to Chinatown during that time when everything was locked down. Douglas Farmer was the day watch lieutenant at the height of the pandemic. It was a tough time, but we know at Central Station that Chinatown's tough. Police added dedicated foot patrols to every watch to help businesses battle back. Struggle. Every time, you know, like try to fight for a life. Merchants also started a WeChat group to share suspect photos and help prevent crime. They have seen something real suspicious or some crime is going, you know, will be going on, and then we'll be put on the chat on it, and then we'll send it to police. The officers really take it to heart and take it personally when they see something bad happen. Here. I feel like the entire community does feel very protective of this space. Even with a visible police presence and Bruce Lee watching, Ho says anti-Asian hate hasn't disappeared. Unfortunately, it's still an issue. The recipe for change still a work in progress. Everything good? Okay, good. And Khan is in it for the long haul. Somebody asked me how long I plan on doing this. And I says, when all the violence stops. So realistically, I'm probably going to do this for the rest of my life. Kristen Robinson, Global News. In Health Matters tonight, BC parents of children who experience seizure disorders are fearing they can't send their kids back to class. They were told school staff will no longer administer potentially life-saving medication. Catherine Urquhart has more on the change and what the province had to say about it. Seven-year-old Noah Pepin is starting grade two in South Surrey. A reason to celebrate, except his health and safety are at risk. His school advised they'll no longer administer rescue medication for his seizures. It makes me sick to send my son to school knowing that he's not safe there. Our society is not inclusive at all. Ten-year-old Henry's parents have also been notified staff won't provide medication. If my son has a seizure and it goes on for an extended period of time, he can suffer from oxygen deprivation, which can lead to significant deficits and potentially death. The province-wide change came with no explanation. The best in interests of the children is when they're having seizure that someone look after them immediately, not have people standing around doing nothing while they wait for a parent or guardian to have to come and administer what used to be administered by uh, some of the staff. So, uh, you know, I think government needs to explain why they're doing this to families. Then, almost 24 hours after Global News inquired, this statement from the Ministry of Health. It says in part, we will be communicating with parents about important positive change in the coming week. We are finalizing a plan that will support the training of non-medical school staff to deliver seizure care, including, if appropriate, delivering medication should a child experience a seizure while at school. An apparent about face on the issue, possibly good news for children needing medication for seizures. We want to be able to send our kids to school like they deal with enough. As for details, none were provided. Parents told to expect more information soon. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Coming up, a local fisherman lands one he wasn't expecting. And it just jumped up and wanted to be one of the passengers. Why a sea lion chose his boat for refuge. That's coming up. And in sports, why Whitecaps fans have probably seen the last of Lucas Cavallini, a player who never lived up to expectations.
It has been a beautiful late summer day, Christy Gordon, and it looks like summer is not done with us yet. No, we've got a couple of great days on the way. The biggest concern over the next couple of days will be how much smoke we'll see. And I'll show you why I'm concerned about it. First, so here's a look at the daytime highs that we're expecting. So these are the daytime highs away from the water. Near the water, you can expect about 21 to 23 degrees. But away from the water tomorrow, potentially 29 and potentially up to 30 degrees on Saturday. We will see a little bit more cloud cover on Sunday, and that will just drop the temperatures a bit. But this is what I'm concerned about. The ridge of high pressure is actually going to shift inland over the weekend and when we get that scenario we get outflow so because there's so much smoke in through the interior there's a good chance that a lot of that smoke late tomorrow and into Saturday will flow out towards the south coast so that could temper those temperatures a little bit if we start to see that widespread smoke nonetheless lots of sunshine in the coming days that smoke will likely come and go but certainly it could impact our region late tomorrow and into Saturday enjoy your Friday it's going to be spectacular 29 degrees away from the water. Keep in mind, we still don't have any rain in the forecast. Be really careful when you're enjoying the great outdoors. Here's tonight's central windows weather window looking out from Mount Seymour. This is Gail and Donna's feet. They had hiked up to the first peak. So thanks for sharing that with us. I hope that we have that beautiful view for the next couple of days and we don't get the smoke. All right, guys, back to you. I hope so, too. And nice to see you were able to get the umbrella up again. The wind died down a little bit. Thanks a lot, Christy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beautiful shot. All right, now a close call for two boaters on Vancouver Island. A large sea lion boarded the vessel, nearly flipping it over. And as Kylie Stanton shows us, it was all caught on camera. All right, let's head on down. Suit up, step in. Incoming here. And hope luck is on your side. All right, let's go find some whales. But you never know when you might get a little more than you bargained for. It was pretty wild. They were freaked out for sure. On Monday, Mark Mallison was with a group at Petter Bay, where a trio of transient orcas had just finished a hunt. A pair of boaters in a small pleasure craft nearby cut their engine when Mallison called out. You guys are going to want to get out of there. Trying to warn them. There was a sea lion nearby that must have had a look at them or heard them maybe vocalizing, and it freaked out. It was trying to get out of the water, trying to take their boat as, you know, as refuge. Moments later, a large California sea lion jumped out of the water. The first attempt was a near miss, but on the second, it landed right on top of the 14-foot vessel. You know, the unexpected happened when it just jumped up and wanted to be one of the passengers on the boat and the boat just wasn't big enough for it. So it uh, miraculously, I think it slipped off the side and our boat filled with water somehow made its way back on its feet. Goddick and his wife began motoring back to shore, the sea lion chasing them until they managed to get away, shaken but safe. We were completely physically okay. This is a, a really close encounter, but, but also one to remember forever. It's also a good reminder for anyone venturing out onto the water. Preventing these events means uh, knowing how to anticipate the behavior of marine wildlife and adhering to the marine mammal regulations. They're both very lucky that the sea lion didn't flip the boat over or land on either of them. Now the story is making the rounds. I kind of could see it was going to happen, so I was ready for it. Giving whale watchers here a whole new definition of what luck really is. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very special time of the year for a lot of football fans. Squire joins us now with a look ahead to sports. Yes, the NFL has begun, and uh, the Seahawks won't start until Monday. Russell Wilson, who's coming to Seattle for that game, says he's looking forward to starting the season against the Seahawks on Monday night. I, I couldn't imagine those, you know, those years not being in my life and how special they were and how many games we won. Still looks weird to me. Wearing a Broncos hat. Regardless of how the crowd reacts, Wilson says he has nothing but good memories as a Seahawk. And Seahawks fans have a lot of good memories of him, too. Mm -hmm. And later tonight, we'll conclude the news hour with a look at the period of mourning that began the moment we said goodbye to Queen Elizabeth. Bad behavior gets punished. It does. He's been punished a few times since he came to Vancouver. As expected, after stepping on an opponent, the MLS has stepped on the Whitecaps' Lucas Cavallini. He has been suspended three games for what he did in a contest against Nashville on August 27th. It was a straight red card that night, and probably it also means there is very little to no chance the Whitecaps will bring Cavallini back next season. If you needed a reminder of what he did, here it is. It starts with knocking Alex Mule down and then using him as a stepladder. The Whitecaps know that Cavallini can be a bull in a china shop, which sometimes serves him well around the opposition net, but in some cases, it hurts the team and not just in one game, but future games as well. There is the Canucks' most valuable player. He should be getting paid the most. Thatcher Demko and a handful of Canucks are working out on their own this week. Nils Hoaglander's out there. He needs a bounce back here for sure as the uh, team is starting to gather in Vancouver. There's Nils. The uh, group also includes defenseman Luke Shen, who at the age of 32 has learned how to pace himself before a season starts. Well, you, get, you have to kind of change your, your training approach. You can't... Uh... You know, lift as heavy as you once did or go as crazy, but it's a lot of more body maintenance and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's every day you wake up, it's a, it's a challenge to keep going and keep up to the young guys. Former Canucks goalie Ryan Miller has been named to the United States Hockey Hall of Fame, spent three years with the Canucks, 10 shutouts with Vancouver. This save was memorable against the Red Wings. His best years, of course, were as a Buffalo Sabre. Speaking of Buffalo, their football team starting the season in L.A., Taking on the chance, although the Bills are the favorites this year to be the Super Bowl champions. It's Josh Allen. It's Gabriel Davis. It's a touchdown. It was 10-0 for the Bills, but then Cooper Cup, the hero of last year's Super Bowl win for the Rams, or I guess this year, but last season. Yes, he does keep his feet in bounds, and they are all even 10-10 at halftime at SoFi Stadium. Russell Wilson today confirmed that the Seattle Seahawks actually talked about trading him way back in 2018. But he wasn't upset about it then, and he still isn't now. And he's looking forward to starting the season in Seattle on Monday night, no matter how the crowd reacts to him as a Denver Bronco. Seattle forever mean the world to me, man. I just, I loved it there. You know, like I said, I played 10 years there. It was an amazing experience, and I loved every second of it. Um, so... And then also, um, we've got a football game to play, so I'm excited to just get out there and play again. I, you know, I love this game. Um, you know, I'm passionate about it, and i uh, got a lot of great teammates. There's a lot of guys that I'm super close with on the other side, so it'll be a great battle. Don't boo them. Can't boo them. <laughs> did too much for them. There you go. I mean, unless you did it in jest. Well, in jest, yes. You can hate the fact he'll probably beat you, 
but love what he did for you. That's right. Okay. Thank you, Squire. All right, up next, the sights and sounds of this historic and somber day as we mark the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. It's, it, yes, it, it's shocks. It's, you know, I mean, she was with us for a long time. A traumatic experience, really, for us who live in the British Commonwealth. And she was like, it's hard to explain, like a, a rock, basically, a rock to the nation. Jordan Armstrong here now with a look ahead to Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan? Sophie, we will have more tonight on how the Queen's death is being observed locally. Some landmarks, including Jackpool Plaza, will be dark tonight. As well, more coverage from London as a new day and new era begins there. Plus, a major update in the collision that killed two UBC students nearly a year ago. Emily Selwood and Evan Smith, both 18, were struck by a vehicle while walking on a sidewalk near campus. Tonight, we'll tell you who's been charged with, among other things, impaired driving. Details on Global News at 11. Sophie. Thanks for that, Jordan. Okay, we're going to leave you tonight with some of the sights and sounds from here at home and around the world as well uh, as the world pays tribute to Queen Elizabeth II. Her reign was long. It stretched over seven decades and five generations of the royal family, the longest serving British monarch. And with her death today, a life dedicated to service comes to an end. Thanks for joining us tonight. She was resolute and determined, very engaging. She was respected everywhere. There must be millions and millions of people around the globe who are very sad at this moment. It doesn't matter how big I am, how rich I am, how old I am, mother, mother is a mother. I'm 63 and I remember the Queen when I was from a child, and what a wonderful, beautiful, lovely queen she was. I've always admired the queen because she's someone who found her joy and meaning in steadfast service to others. And regardless of our religion or our creed, I think that's something that we can all aspire to.